Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Scoop. I'm Dinah Jansen. On March 16th, eight people were killed in three Atlanta, Georgia area spas. After being apprehended, 21-year-old Robert Aaron Long has confessed to shooting and killing these people, six of whom were Asian-American women. Yet according to Noah Wiseboard, associate professor in the Queen's University Faculty of Law, there is a surprising number of pundits who are finding it difficult to process the fact that the attack might have been motivated by both sexist and anti-Asian animus rather than one or the other. Indeed, it appears this reluctance parallels similar attitudes at the police level. Captain Jay Baker of the Cherokee County Sheriff's Office has come under fire in the last few days, telling reporters Robert Long was having a really bad day when explaining possible motivations for his alleged crimes. Noah Wiseboard is back with us today here on The Scoop to chat about the attack, the response, whether Long will be prosecuted for hate crime, and what Long's rampage suggests about rising anti-Asian and misogynistic violence. Welcome back, Noah. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. So, okay, a lot of stuff is happening right now and unfolding for us in the media. Break it down for us, Noah, what happened on March 16th in Atlanta, Georgia? Well, 21-year-old Robert Aaron Long uh, was arrested after having um, opened fire at three Georgia spas. Um, He killed eight people. Six of them were uh, seemed to be Asian um, women uh, who worked at the spas. Um, we're learning a little bit more about uh, Robert Aaron Long as the days go by. Um, His parents ended up uh, turning him in. Um, He's apparently going to rehab for sex addiction. uh, And um, Long told police that the spas he opened fire on represented a temptation that he wanted to eliminate, suggesting that he at least believed that um, there were... um, uh, um, sexual services being offered at the spas. Uh, He was quite involved in his local church um, and uh, obviously um, uh, um, firearms, uh, uh, with involved firearms as well. Okay, so do we know anything more about what's happening with Robert Aaron Long in terms of his arrest? Uh, He's in jail, is he being arraigned somewhere? What's going on there? Mm -hmm. Um, So far he's been charged with murder. Um, and uh, it doesn't look like he's yet been charged with a hate crime. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't believe he's been arraigned yet uh, at this time. Um, there was a response by law enforcement to the attack that's been uh, commented on quite a bit. Um, the sheriff's office spokesman uh, uh, said um, at the first press conference that uh, Long was having a bad day. Um, and that sex addiction and not race was probably the driving factor. Let's dig down into that. Uh, can you comment more on the response of law enforcement to this attack and the perceived motivations? Again, you made reference to Captain Jay Baker of the Cherokee County Sheriff's Office and his uh, comment that Robert Long was having a very bad day. Of course, a comment that has come under uh, uh, global fire, if you will. Can you comment more on this response? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Well, the Cherokee County Sheriff Frank Reynolds maintained also that Long gave no indications that his crimes were racially motivated. Um, So Reynolds says, we asked him that specifically, and the answer was no. But obviously, um, you have uh, Asian civil 
liberties organizations and sex works organizations that are saying that the connection between um, misogynistic violence and the racial connection with the Asian community uh, can't be disentangled. And there's another confounding variable which complicates the situation still more is the intersection of race and sex with the fact that these were low wage earning um, people um, uh, um, who um, have, you know, if you think of like nail salon workers or spa workers, um, a lot of Asian women that are earning low wages work in these positions. So it's very difficult to disentangle the motives of Robert Aaron Long. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now where law enforcement with this particular officer has expressed uh, that this, uh, that the accused Robert Aaron Long was having a bad day, how is this translating into what we're actually hearing from our news pundits? It seems to be difficult for the pundits to hold two thoughts in their mind at the same time. And this is not everybody. You know, as the days go on, they're getting more nuanced discussion. Um, the New York Times uh, had a kind of a more historically um, situated discussion, the Washington Post as well. But it's like the law enforcement and many of the pundits can't hold that the motive could be misogynistic and the motive could be racist at the same time. And often um, racism against Asian Americans and Asian Canadians um, goes under the radar because there's not the same indications that you'd have, for example, um, against uh, African Americans or African Canadians or um, Jewish communities in these countries. You know, the, the swastika uh, anti-Jewish sentiment can be kind of captured in that. The animus required for a prosecution of, of a hate crime um, can be captured with a swastika or a noose. But when it comes to anti-Asian violence, it's not uh, often so clear as that. So the fact that um, Robert Aaron Long said that he wasn't a racist and that he was um, you know, trying to eliminate a temptation um, seems to be leading a lot of law enforcement and pundits to say, well, this wasn't actually uh, a racist crime. Hmm. I wonder if there might be any uh, relationship to uh, anti-Asian sentiment and the coronavirus. Mm. I mean, it's, uh, it was very disturbing to see that the spokesman for the sheriff's office, um, one of the spokesmen, um, had posted social media pictures of himself wearing a Chinese virus shirt, you know, holding a Chinese virus shirt, which is reflecting what uh, President Trump said, um, uh, blaming Asian people for the coronavirus. Um, and it leads to the suspicion there's something kind of going on in the air there that could compromise the the fairness of the prosecution and the trial. Mm -hmm. I I think that that spokesman has recently been moved out and somebody new has been brought in. Okay. All right. But something important to think about moving forward as we uh, look at how this case will unfold in the courts uh, and certainly in public opinion as well. Indeed. Uh, So with that, what's the likelihood in your mind uh, about Robert Aaron Long being charged with a hate crime. It's not, it's looking bleak at this point, but is there a potential there? Well, it so happens that Georgia passed a hate crimes law last year after the death of Ahmed Arbery. Uh, until last year, Georgia actually was one of only four states without hate crimes law mm-hmm. in the United States, including Arkansas, South Carolina, and Wyoming. 
Um, if you remember, Arbery was pursued and fatally shot by Gregory and Travis McMichael while he was jogging last year. So Georgia's law actually passed with bipartisan support uh, and it came into effect in June. But it turns out that hate crimes charges for attacks against Asians are very rare, uh, Dinah. Um, and the fact that Long told investigators that he was driven by sex addiction and not by racism is confounding matters. It's hard to kind of establish proof of motive. Uh, you know, did Long's assaults just happen to involve Asian victims? Or did he purposely single out Asians in an unspoken way that would be difficult to prove in court? So it's like these preliminary statements by law enforcement that we're discussing, including actually the FBI director, they're seeming to accept Long at his word. Uh, so, so far he's being charged with eight counts of murder and one count of aggravated assault. It's not a hate crime, but you could imagine that hate crime charges could be added later under the new Georgia law. Um, actually the Georgia hate crime law includes race, color, religion, national origin, and sex. So you could imagine a hate crime prosecution occurring on that basis without there being the anti-Asian animus built in, but this would probably be quite upsetting uh, for a lot of people in the Asian community in Georgia. Okay. And now what can we expect from the case moving forward related to uh, law at the intersections of hate crime, uh, racism, and misogyny? Well, it's going to be interesting to see whether there is some evidence that comes up because it, implicit bias is very difficult to um, include in a hate crimes prosecution. So there's going to need to be um, evidence of um, racial animus if the uh, prosecution in Georgia is going to try to um, prosecute uh, as a hate crime against Asians. Um, it seems like there's already some evidence of uh, misogynistic or anti-female animus in the words of Long uh, to the police when he confessed his crime. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see whether and the way that the indictment is drafted, it's much easier to prosecute without having to show that there was some sort of um, uh, ethnic hatred underlying. Um, but I think a lot of people in the Asian community would be very disappointed um, if it's not a hate crimes case. And, and I tend to agree. Anything else to add before we close today? Well, I, th I think just that notice that our discussion follows from the last discussion that we had about the Alec Manassian, the van attack verdict, which was delivered a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, this one is in Toronto. Um, but it looks like there's a movement towards this mass violence against women, uh, which is very concerning. Um, and it's unclear whether more police or tougher hate crime laws are going to fix the situation. Um, you know, for example, when it comes to these spa workers, um, you know, many of the kind of labor organizations that advocate for these people's rights say, no, these spa workers don't want more policing because then they're squeezed on both sides. They're squeezed as, uh, as being somebody who's not part of the regular labor force and their activities are sometimes criminalized depending on the jurisdiction. Um, and they're also um, squeezed by their clients who sometimes pose a threat. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to consult with these groups before deciding how to address these problems. It's not enough to just impose what we think would be a more punitive approach. 
Okay, thank you for that. Folks, we have been chatting with Noah Weisbord of the Faculty of Law here at Queen's University about the uh, recent shootings in Atlanta, Georgia, involving the deaths of eight people, six of whom were Asian American women. We really do appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Diamond. It's great to see you. Thank you for listening to The Scoop, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.